Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Hey guys, this is a little bit of a weirder episode for you, but this week we did a live stream just before the Krista Makes game show that happened on Facebook Live. And as the opening act, we were joined by our buddy Tony to talk about the Crash Test Dummies and their hit song, Mmm, Hmm, Hmm, Hmm. Uh, always fun to say. Anyway, because this was live, the audio is not up to our usual standard, so please bear with it, but I still think it's a really good, funny episode, and I hope y'all enjoy it. Producer Matt, signing out. Once there was this girl
We're live. It's one hit thunder live. I never thought the day would come, but we're here, Matt. We made it. We we've officially made it. We are doing a live podcast, which literally puts us in the exact same rankings as Doug Loves Movies and Mark Marin and all of the other podcasting greats. I consider myself the Mark Marin of guy who talks about one hit wonders. I think that that's fair. I think most people would. And boy, do we have a one hit wonder for us to talk about this uh, week. Yeah. <laughs> This is a song that, I don't know, Matt, could this have happened any other time than 1994? No, this is the only time that a song like this, with a title like this, with a band whose name is this, could ever put out a song uh, where the title is un unpronounceable, honestly. It's, it's just a series of noises. <laughs> That's true, and this is undeniably Canadian. This is and... the most Canadian pick we've had all season. <laughs> uh, uh, but we do have a great guest, too, to talk about this for song. For sure. And he's a big fan of this song, I just learned. And so there he is. <laughs> Tony Hartman hey of Good Nature Podcast. Go and check out the Good Nature Podcast, first and foremost. Way more important than what we're about to talk about is that podcast. But well, only second in importance the Crash Test Dummies with their massive hit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just four mm's. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And Tony, we learned that you guys uh, are, are that you're a huge fan, right? I am, yeah. So this song, it's funny. Oh, a few nights ago, I was uh, not to immediately go off, off topic, but I don't know if you guys have done an episode about this. Uh, there's a song called. Lucas with the lid off by Lucas. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. on the long list for sure. That song is fantastic. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll see you back for that one. Um, <laughs> I just I get obsessed with these like weird, like old goofy songs, and my my wife Elizabeth tends to point out that I I get really obsessed with weird old goofy songs, and this is certainly one of them. Um, my specific memories with this song is. Once we talked about doing this, I texted my mom because one of my earliest memories as a kid, the first gift I ever got my parents was tickets to see the crash test on me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I have no idea how I was probably eight or nine years old when this came out. So I don't know how I arranged this. I think she said it was like for my dad's birthday. So I like ran it through my like everything. The execution ran through my mom, of course. I wasn't like, you know. Hopping going on to the ticket master, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was I'd probably sadly the most thoughtful gift I've ever gotten my parents was when I was <laughs> like a nine year old kid, and it was to see the crash test dummies. But you know, it was cool to revisit this this song, and I'm sure you know. I know you guys do your uh, homework here. You crunch the numbers and, and run the data. But how is this band a one hit wonder? I know this is their most massive, but to me. There was like three songs I remember on the radio in growing up around Cleveland, Ohio, pretty regularly. This I being mean, the first, of course. Maybe, maybe because Cleveland is really close to Canada, some of those songs bled over because they had quite a few hits in Canada. The Superman song was a very yes. minor hit in the States, but was massive in Canada. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, Chris and I, as we were figuring out the plan for this live stream. We got into like a two hour conversation last night, just going over the details. And I brought up Weird Al's parody of this headline news mm -hmm. was my first exposure to the song. Whoa. I hadn't heard okay. the song yet. Uh, and I was like, that's a, 
I was like, this is a weird, weird song for Weird it's, Al's. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> is Weird Al original. Like, <laughs> it's almost like diluting. Like it's almost like weirdness overkill because it's like to parody a song that's already so. And I don't think it's actually. You know, it seemed goofy. I guess as a kid, but like if you if you really if you really dive in and listen, it is, and this is the sensation I got even as a kid. Like it's really sad, but also kind of empowering in this weird way. Where like, yeah. did did you guys check out the video? Because I think this is one of those. It's from that unique era where like a video can take a song and just make it like you'll never right. forget it. I it's such I a, think. I think it's possible that this song wouldn't be a hit at all had it not been for that video. I think that that video does a lot yeah. of the heavy lifting for this song that would like, I think that this song would have done well on alternative radio, but to have the crossover success that it had, I think the mm -hmm. music video really did a lot of that work. It's, it's such a good video. And maybe cause like, you know, I was the age of like the kids in it. Like you almost feel like there's something about like, What's the one part where he says, the kid says the cars had crashed so hard. It's like such a weird lyric, but it's something a kid would say if yeah. they witnessed something like that. I remember even thinking that like as a kid and there's something with how the drums take so long to come in yeah. that feels equally so hauntingly sad. And also just like, you're a nine-year-old kid, you're ready to run through the wall when those drums <laughs> kick in. It's so awesome. You I mean- Haunting yeah. is the right word to describe it. It is a very, it's not like, this isn't a song that'd be like, oh, I got to put this on my Halloween mix. But like, it mm -hmm. is a song that does like kind of fill you with a little bit of dread when you're listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's all, like Tony said, it's from the perspective of different children mm -hmm. who, for one reason or another, feel like outsiders and yeah, like you guys said, the music video is so important. The second I hear the first chord of this song, I see that theater, mm -hmm. you know, the 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 dim lights, the red curtains, and it's just, yeah, it's so visceral the second you start hearing this song. I I, I kind of wish we had like, you know, there's always those like clickbait follow-ups on like, remember the kid from the Nevermind album cover? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine it, one of those, it would be the least successful clickbait. It would be like <laughs> us, us and a handful of Canadians. But like, what are those kids from that video up to now? I wonder. Uh, I want to get, I, I love that we skipped ahead to the Weird Al thing. I want to get into that. <laughs> I definitely got to get in. We definitely got to get into that later. But first, I want to talk about the actual song, the story behind the actual song, because it's, it's wild. First of all, Brad Roberts is the name of the singer. So Canadian. Is there, yeah, I mean, everything about the guy is so Canadian. And that, just the most uh, recognizable voice ever. I mean, has there been, I can't even think of, who else has a baritone voice that had a hit? Uh, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, that's that's a rarity. And I think while you're talking about recognizable voices and like the uniqueness of this song, Something that I was thinking today, and I, I texted it to Chris during my walk, but I really think that the Crash Test Dummies kind of were like a precursor to the Bare Naked Ladies in, mm. in a lot of ways. Not musically. I wouldn't like mistake a Crash Test Dummies song right. for like the Bare Naked yeah. Ladies song. For anything. Yeah. But but like I like bizarre name, 
really weird songs that clearly have a deeper meaning, but it takes a lot of work to figure out what the deeper meaning of the weird song actually is. Yeah. Like all you Whoa. needed was some random rap song raps about, you know, anime and it would have been yeah. one for one. <laughs> like, That's such a good point. And like, I think I'm not definitely like, I don't, I think there's so much great modern music that bubbles up because of the internet. But what I think is really missing is like, there's there hasn't been an era since this that something really weird could end up on the radio like this. Like I wonder, so it was like 93, I think, it said this album came out. And I think that's 93, 94 was when the song was a hit. Um, and it's almost like, it's fun to imagine the process of going from like, they had that Canadian hit that was Superman. Superman song, Superman song, yeah. Superman song. So I listened to it this morning at 6.20 in the morning while I was taking my dog out here. <laughs> Very drab way to start the day. It's so downtrodden. And it's one of those songs that like nowadays, you could see it being a hit because it's like super like sad and like minor key and you could see it like getting a lot of streams because it was in a really, you know, intense scene in like a, a mayor of East Town type, like HBO, <laughs> like really depressing show. And like people like, whoa, that song was was really haunting. I'm going to go check it out. So you could see it being a hit in that way currently, but only in Canada, specifically Winnipeg, I think is where the band is from. <laughs> could a song that like dark and drab chart on the radio but it's it's funny because like i've been seeing like like memes okay i saw one meme over the past week about like winnipeg when they sh you know like in sports games when they show like the overhead of the arena of like miami la new york and it's like real epic well they do that for jets games i guess and people are posting like a picture of a dead tree and so like this is when they show the overhead of the jets games so it makes sense it was a big canadian smash but like I do wonder, aside from its success on very specific Canadian radio, like were those like A and R meetings? Dude, like? dude. By the way, do you know who hurt? So the song started getting played on the big Atlanta radio station, the alternative station in Atlanta. And do you know who signed the, uh, the crash test dummies and blew them up? No. It was Clive Davis. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So do <laughs> and, you think it was like? You think it was Clyde Davis, like, he's in this big meeting. There's, like, this Don Draper type that's just, like, Seattle's over. You keep bringing me these same <laughs> You keep bringing me these same bands. Talk about the, you know, the, the weather in Seattle makes for such a, like, specific type of angst. And it just leads to the perfect music. Clive Davis is like, whoa, pump the brakes. You hear what's coming out of Winnipeg? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. And he's like, you know. It gets the, the, the team kind of leans in, like, okay, I'm listening. The deepest <laughs> voice I ever heard. <laughs> like, the, Seattle, the Seattle growl is over. Yeah. It's all about, we're, we're talking. It's we're the, going, Winnipeg, <laughs> the Winnipeg hum. The Winnipeg hum <laughs> is the new scene. Manitoba deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was just right. like, what? Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think you. I think you summed it up to a T. I think it's. I, I like to think that's exactly what happened. Um, I hope it is. But you. You always hear about like like industry plants and stuff like that. What if the, the alternate side is like 
he's like, look, you know, I was up in Manitoba checking out the scene up there. I'm in Tim Hortons and I just hear this guy order. Like I hear this voice order behind me, just <laughs> that, that Manitoba deep. And I'm just like, that's it. That's the next sound. And so they just like, they built the crash test dummies completely around that interaction. And the rest is, is history as they say. Yeah. I think you might be right. Well, Hey, I want to get into the story here in this song. We got to break each each one of these down. Yeah. So so it's once there was a kid who got into an accident and couldn't come to school, but when he finally came back, his hair had turned from black into bright white. He said that it was from when the cars had smashed so hard. And so, so good. I did some research on this, and apparently Brad Roberts was in a couple of bad car accidents as a kid, and then he had heard a story about a man who was in a boat and was about to go over Niagara Falls. And apparently he was say he, you know, he didn't go over the falls. He lived, but then his hair instantly turned white from just the stress and fear of the situation. Well, and yeah. that's one of those things that you would hear in like, I don't know, a horror story or something like that. So I did some research on that. And apparently that is not a thing that can happen it, that that your hair no. can turn white but there's a lot of argument to the contrary because what the argument is is once your hair is out of your head then it's what color it is it's already dead like mm -hmm. you can't change the color of it um and apparently but what can happen is there's a form of alopecia where your hair that um, and this can be caused by stress. Your hair that's darker actually does fall out and all that's left is the hair that's lighter. That is something that can happen, but that takes weeks at the very least. But yeah. people argue that, that to the contrary. So I don't know. That, it seems like the jury is still out on whether that's something that can actually happen. It's, I'd say it's my truth that he embellished these stories a little bit, but okay. <laughs> overall, I overall believe that uh, these are very firsthand accounts. Well, it was based on some sort of personal experience of being in car accidents and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so, so, okay. That's, that's part one of the story. Part two of the story is once there was this girl who wouldn't go and change with the girls in the change room. And yeah. when they finally made her, they saw birthmarks all over her body. She couldn't quite explain it. They'd always just, been there and it's so sad why should she have to explain that you know yeah yeah who made her who, who made her change in the change room uh kids but, are mean teachers yeah. i mean that was remember that was a middle school thing you get to middle school or junior high i guess they also call it um and it's just like hey we gotta change clothes for which is actually kind of weird looking back because like i personally didn't work up a like an aggressive sweat uh, in gym class in middle school, but I remember it was a thing like you had to change and you you were supposed to shower. Yeah. Kids that showered were kind of weirdos. Like I never really <laughs> got that. Yeah, um, I don't. I, no I never showers. have. Under, no, no. I just I agree with you. I've never understood. Like I'd just go through the day stinking a little bit and then shower when I got home if I had to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, as a child should, but like. It is like a weird, it was very like a glimpse into the future of like, oh yeah, that's something as as teens we're gonna have to do. So I think it was 
that was that's probably one of the sadder parts of the song for sure. Well, yeah, and and once again, this was based on personal experience because apparently Brad Roberts has a birthmark on his lower back, and he was picked on because of it and and stuff. So this was once again from <laughs> a personal experience because yeah, I mean, dude, kids are ruthless. Kids will make yeah. fun of anything. I. I don't think that I made fun. I can't think of like making fun of anybody to their face really, but I definitely could think back on things where I'm like, man, that was a dickhead. Like, I, I, but I, I don't think that I was like outwardly mean. I probably just like, if I made fun of somebody, it was probably like not in their earshot or something. Sure. And, and I'm sure I got made fun of plenty just, but just kids are mean. That's basically yeah. like kind, kind of the point, you know? In the locker room, the change room, as it were, was like the breeding ground for kids being mean, especially mm -hmm. back in the 90s. I remember there was a, I, like the meanest thing I think I ever did, if we're gonna get into this oh, in, the change, in the change room is, there was this, there was this really rude, large guy uh, that came to our school. And you know, nowadays I would look back, like he was probably going through something. It wasn't real, maybe it wasn't his fault. He was so mean to all the other kids, but I arranged a thing in the change room where everyone, I would hit the lights at a certain time and all of us would throw our shoes at this kid. Wow. Oh, Tony. <laughs> he uh, had it coming though, right? He had it coming for one reason or probably another? Probably not. No, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> it was, wow. yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I should have, I guess, really channeled the uh, deep Manitoba and, yeah. you know, look like, hey, this is a mean thing to do. Um, but yeah. Right, right. That, not a very Canadian thing to do. Not something yeah. Brad Roberts would do. Something that Brad Roberts would be a victim of. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's crazy. Canadians were doing that stuff, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think. But uh, all right. So we're yeah. about to enter what I think is the as we were talking about the word haunting. This next part is the most haunting part to me with like the choir behind him while oh, he yeah. sings this like this bridging verse to lead to the final person's story <laughs> well you know in the yeah uh that was sent to his bandmates on a demo as like yo i'm gonna sing something here but this is like what the melody's gonna be and they just overwhelmingly sent back like nope that's the song <laughs> and good thing he has Whoa. good thing he has these bandmates because yeah i mean you can't, if they would have replaced the mm, 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 with something else, would this have been a hit? Nope. <laughs> I would say no. I mean, that's what's memorable about it. And it's one of those things like Matt and I recently did an episode where about another song, which I don't think it's out yet. But uh, the it was that radio DJs had to say the name of the song and try to figure Oof. out like how to make that come across. And it was kind of one of those things that kind of pissed them off. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's perfect. You know, I, I, it's, it's the hook. It's the, whatever, it's this combination of this strange, strange yet relatable story with the strangest chorus of the nineties. Probably. Yeah. Definitely in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of weird, I mean, I feel like especially that 93 to 95 period of the nineties, because mm -hmm. you had like Beck loser, which is like a really fucking weird chorus. The Butthole Surfers, Pepper is a really fucking yeah. weird chorus. Like, there are some strange choruses <laughs> happening in that, like, 93 to 95 time period. 
Right. And then I guess the, the icing on the cake of that was just the 90s ended with all the small things by Blink-182, which was just na-na-na over and over. <laughs> I wonder if that would have been even bigger if they just called it na-na-na-na-na-na, <laughs> et cetera. Do they, I, that. that was probably inspired by, mm, I'm sure. It had to be, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was closing just the Just one letter on. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, so this third verse you know we have a little we have a little bridge here it's that's both, the point that i'm talking both the boy oh yeah and, yeah both the boy and girl were glad that someone had worse than that yeah, one kid and, had it worse than that and this is where it gets puzzling to me. <laughs> only one kid had it worse than that but i i tr i'm trying to understand what happened in this third verse and i i looked it up and i'm like okay i guess but basically it's because then there was this boy whose parents made him come directly home right after school. And when they went to their church, they shook and lurched all over the church floor. He couldn't quite explain it. They'd always just gone there. Yeah. And I take I, that as he's in like a cult, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what's what's untold here is what makes it worse. <laughs> like, right. that, doesn't, that sounds like pretty standard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I never knew what the lurched was. I thought maybe he puked on the church floor. Oh, yeah. But, but apparently... Yeah, I remember wondering about that, too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Yeah. It just means like, convul like con yeah. voluntarily convulsing, right? Yeah. In this and case, I, yeah. Yeah. And what I looked up is basically it was like inspired by the like Pentecostal uh, snake mm. handling churches where people speak mm -hmm. in tongues. And and I don't know, Matt, you you grew up you grew up pretty churchy. Do you ever handle any snakes or? <laughs> no, uh, no, okay. that was not part of uh, my church experience. <laughs> Another day at the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I I definitely like. I get what he means by saying like this kid has it worse than both of them because it's like a lot of the time in those types of like crazy churches, there's also like a, a whole like I'm thinking, yeah, it's kind of like the crazy Pentecostal carrying the snake stuff. But like it's also probably not too far off from like a Jim Jones, like we're going to make all these kids drink the Kool-Aid at some point and like just watch them die to send to heaven type thing. So that's my theory on why it's the worst version is like, they can cover up their shit. They can hair dot. He can dye his hair when he gets older. Like she can like wear clothes that cover up the birthmarks, but like this kid's probably no, not even going to yeah. see adulthood because he's in this crazy cult that will probably kill him. Damn. Right. Damn. He did have it worse than that. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt, did you ever well, learn? Why would those kids be glad? <laughs> Oh, because they they 
get to keep going. They're not they're yeah. not empathetic towards his situation. Misery loves company, yeah. man. Misery loves it. <laughs> uh yeah, so you know, that that's a story. We we get another we get some more ums at the end. And yeah, and and thus concludes the strangest song of the 90s probably and i want to revisit the weird al part because weird al did his parody headline news which definitely a little bit of a um a uh what, what's the word i'm looking for it, it's it's a little a little more um pg-13 of a weird al song than normal uh matt and i talked a lot about yeah. weird al last night because weird al did have some pretty like the song one more minute which is like a weird al like not parody, but like a style oh, type yeah. song. And yeah. and so he did have some ones that like pushed the envelope, but this one focused on three stories that were in the news. One was the Singapore caning, which I don't know. That one's kind of funny. Whoa, one was, yeah. yeah, one was the uh, Tanya, Tanya Harding, Tanya yeah. Harding, which man, I, I got, I got a lot of feelings on Tanya Harding. First of all, I'm going to admit right now as a kid, I don't know why, but I liked Watching figure skating, nothing against figure skating, but I really liked it. I liked hockey and figure skating. And I was a Tanya Harding fan. Like before, before any of this, I was like, damn, Tanya Harding's awesome. And I, I don't know. I just thought that, I guess she reminded me of like an eighties, you know, pop star or something. She had like the, the crazy eye makeup and I don't know. And she could do the triple axel. She could do the triple axel. So uh, when all the you, Tanya Harding stuff went down, it, it was pretty wild, you know? Yeah, were you team Tanya even after? <laughs> no, I mean, I ganged up on her just like everyone else. But then if you saw I, Tanya, amazing movie. Fantastic. Uh, you kind of saw her perspective. And I don't know that she, it sounds like she was just surrounded by horrible yeah. people all the yeah. time. That's and, usually what comes out now is like, oh, it was just, they were surrounded by terrible people. Whether it, yeah, like. There's every documentary that comes out every week is about like, oh, you know, that person that did that really like controversial bad thing. Well, like, here's what led to it. And then you're like, oh, yeah. okay, Yeah. And to to jump on the figure skating thing for a second, during the last Winter Olympics, um, I hung out with my friend Crystal because she lived in Japan for years. And like figure skating is like massive in Japan. Yeah. And I'll tell you, watching figure skating with someone who like knows all of these people the way that I know wrestlers backstories and having them be like, so this is this person's last chance to possibly go for the gold because they're at this age. And at this age, it's just not good yeah. for them to compete. Like getting like that background story, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, like I'm like getting really mm-hmm. into it. So like, I am kind of a new figure skating fan. It, it, I mean, it's good because yes. it's, it's super impressive that you could do a triple trick in the air like that's that's pretty insane on a blade of an ice skate like yeah. that's that's it's like superhero chaos. type stuff yeah it's, i love it's, winter olympics i mean the summer olympics are in a month and i'm excited for that too but i have learned that i love watching winter sports for like a way better tv yeah <laughs> winter over summer every time winter oh yeah are way better. losing lose yeah baby <laughs> but yeah the the really controversial weird owl moment comes in the third verse which i as i told chris last night my aunt came downstairs when the video was on and was like horrified that her yeah. her nephew was watching a song about lorraine bobbitt <laughs> like, yeah right yeah. yeah but i mean it was a big story at the time and you know yeah it's a strange third verse uh you know anything like that whether 
you know, I'm not going to say someone deserves that. Apparently the guy was not a good person who had, who had that happen to him, but you know, just well, like let's wait I, till the Hulu documentary comes out and we find <laughs> out yeah. the, the trauma that, and the people around him that led to it. Yeah. Right. No, he probably was a terrible dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Just like, just like similarly, if either of you guys have seen the movie teeth, uh, <laughs> which, no, we've uh, been talking about this movie for at least a decade and yeah, I, I can picture the cover of it and just like seeing that be like, I will never watch whatever this movie is. I finally <laughs> dug in. I finally did it. It was on, it was on Tubi. I got this, the app for Tubi and it was on there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And yeah, it would, you know, make your own judgments yeah. about it, but, yeah. but it's it, similar subject matter to uh, the third verse of the weird Al version. And uh, I don't know if you guys watch this, but at one point, Weird Al performed the song with the Crash Test Dummies as the backing band. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so then Brad sang the, the ums and Weird Al sung the verses. And then, without Weird Al knowing, when it got to the end, the band, when he got to, when Weird Al started playing his accordion, the band all broke out kazoos and started Whoa. playing the kazoos. And what like, about, I, saw, I saw someone bring this up, but like the, the uh, like hand farts, that uh oh yeah yeah weird old, one why but two did he do that he didn't do that in this no, crossover that, wasn't, that yeah. wasn't in this performance but i will tell you guys i'm gonna admit something right now i watched that and got strangely emotional like <laughs> like watching this performance because i thought to myself i kind of put myself in their shoes and i was like wow to be to a point where weird al parodies your song and now performing the song with Weird Al, someone who's brought so many people so much joy mm-hmm. that, like, I seriously got, like, kind of emotional watching it. I was that's, like, yeah, I'm going to do that immediately yeah. after this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you always love you always love the bands that, like, are so on board for the Weird Al parody. And then, like, you kind of like, ugh, towards like, the people who, like, Either say no or get upset. Yeah, like it seems rare, but that seems like a way more genuine version of like when people go crazy on like SNL when like back when like Jimmy Fallon would be like parodying someone and they the celebrity shows up and just stands there and the crowd goes nuts. He's like, oh my god, he's standing next to him while he gets imitated by him. Right. That's always seems a little disingenuous. But this, what you're talking about, sounds beautiful, and I'm going to watch that immediately after this I've, yeah i've said before that one of the out al- if i had just millions of dollars where i could just hire bands to record songs right i would love to put out an album uh we talked about the parodies he does the parodies but he also does his style parodies where it's like i'm not gonna do a parody of a devo song but i'm gonna mm-hmm. do a song that sounds like a devo song i yeah. would love to put out an album of those bands covering the Weird Al song. So like Devo performing Dare to be Stupid and like they might be giants performing Whoa, yeah. everything you know is wrong. Like just to hear like how close was Weird Al at getting to what their version of that song would have actually mm-hmm. sounded like. Yeah. Hey, and and I will so we're kind of, we're kind of all in agreement. We dig this song. Yeah. Um oh, absolutely but, thunder all the way. But but, but uh you know, I feel like uh, VH1 and Rolling Stone are losing. Well, hold on a second. Rolling Stone and Blender 
losing credibility because Rolling Stone ranked it as the 15th most annoying song ever. And Blender listed it as 31 of the 50 worst songs ever. I can Whoa, think of no. I can think of a thousand worse songs off the top of my head right now than this yeah. Crash Test Dummy song. And um, but VH1 ranked it the 31st greatest one-hit wonder of the 90s, which is a very specific list. <laughs> uh, but at least VH1 gave it a little bit of props. Um, I think yeah, I would ban too. Like, I think like don't just enjoy this song. Go and check out like God shuffled his feet is a really good record. <laughs> afternoons and afternoons and coffee spoons. Yeah, is really good. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the songs that like, if it was like Chris Caraba singing this song. It changes the dynamic, but it's still like, okay. Um, I mean, the Manitoba baritone definitely helps, but yeah. <laughs> we should we should petition going Manitoba. Heat, yeah, he we should re-record this album. Yeah, yes. you got the plug. Like, get him to re-record. This. <laughs> I mean, Chris yeah, Carabba, you can just imagine. <laughs> just imagine in Chris Caraba's voice. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's got some Manitoba deep in him that he can channel. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. You know, one of my other, another amazing band from Manitoba, you know who that is. You definitely know. Are the Weaker Thans? Hell yeah. Are they? I think okay. it's, yeah, that makes, I think that's it's, the total opposite end yeah. of the spectrum. Except the complete, the story, I mean, yeah. It is such a storytelling place, I guess, because both yeah. bands, like their songs, tell such descriptive stories with like real characters. That's wild. You, you might need to do a writer's retreat up in Manitoba. <laughs> dude, and, and see what dude, happens. I mean, there are similarities here. Yeah, the storytelling and like, for sure. And then the unique voices. Like John K. Sampson yeah. has such a unique voice, yeah. as does Brad Roberts. And maybe there's something, maybe, I, I'm sure it's beautiful there. There's I'm sure. In the Tim yeah. Not according to those overhead shots of the Jets games. Oh, well. You know, if you like yeah. trees, if you like trees and stuff, I'm sure it's beautiful. Yeah. Canada just seems like such a magical, wonderful place, minus it being cold. You know, like the, there's the show, there's always, there's something slightly different about like the TV shows and the music. And I can't really explain what that is, but it's just slightly different than no, America. I, I, I think like, you know, I, I made the the bare naked lady comparison, but like I think that the bare naked ladies and crash chest dummies, it's not just with their music. It's like look at their sketch comedy. You know, what I mean, like look at like kids in the hall and SCTV compared to like a Saturday Night Live, and and again, it falls into that category of it's way way weirder, but it also in a weird way has way more to say, like from a satirical perspective. <laughs> Like, sure. Like they just have these, I, I will never, there's a, there's a, um, a skit from kids in the hall that I'll always remember. That's David Foley sitting in a kitchen and he's making a cup of tea and he just turns around and he's like, the hardest part about being a mass serial killer is the mass. And then he <laughs> just goes on this like monologue about like how hard it is to keep growing your number of people that you killed, but it's in like the most, laid back charming way like a 1950s dad while he's just sipping the tea and having the monologue and like that would never make it on snl and if it did it'd be like a 30 second bit 
But like in Canada, they're like, let's see if we can stretch this for five minutes and keep it funny. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, so it is cool when the, the Canadian artists can cross over. Of course, you know, of course, we've been blessed by, with people like Drake and, uh, you know, but, you know, there, there's there's still that Canadian in him, too. I, I, I can't explain it. Uh, I'm looking I, at. Yeah. I take a couple more. I take a couple more crash test dummy hits and a couple less Drake hits. Personally, just throwing that out there. I don't know. I, I don't know. You're, you're you're talking to the wrong crowd saying that. I, I think there's, there's room for both. It would be really fun. I don't know where in Canada Bieber's from, but it'd be awesome if like like his management, like Scooter Braun's on like getting calls. Like you got to come down to the studio. Bieber's on something right now. Like I don't I don't know what he's talking about. And he gets down there. He's like, look, I'm going back to my roots. I want to channel the Manitoba deep that inspired me as a child. And I'm like, Bieber puts out this like, in like crash test dummies, bare naked ladies esque like really just like, or calculatedly goofy, awesome album. One, one step further, I would say that like, similarly to how you've got like these, you know, like you've got a machine gun Kelly being like, I'm going to do a whole album with Travis from Blink-182 because like, that's the music I grew up on. Like, having drake or bieber be like i'm doing a whole collab with the crash dude, <laughs> dummies because that's the music get, i grew up on the dummies <laughs> dude dude could you imagine what 40 could do with some crash test dummies <laughs> samples man you know they'd be amazing you know if he had the tracks for mm, 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 that that would be like the the hottest song of summer 2021 by far <laughs> Maybe just to us, but yes, you're <laughs> completely be, right yeah, on. It would be the biggest song of the summer, the same way that Hatman and Scatman was my biggest <laughs> song of the summer, and nobody I mean, else's. I mean, imagine, imagine <laughs> we, combining, we the <laughs> imagine combining "Laugh Now, Cry Cry Later" with mm, like mm, "Baby." That would been that would have been the hit. That would have been the hit. I that mean, Drake. Drake's a savant. Like I can guarantee, like knows Canada better than just about anyone. I can guarantee you, he's either a dummies fan or, you know, like he's in the know of, of all all things dummies. Oh yeah, no. If he shared or his most Spotify, his Spotify uh, end of the year, it'd be like, why is why is God shuffled his feet? His most <laughs> streamed album. <laughs> no. Hey, a couple more things about this song before we wrap this episode up. Uh, first of all, to add a little bit of cred to it, uh, th this song was produced by Talking Heads guitarist Jerry Harrison. So I think that lends a little cred to it. And, Absolutely. And uh, also at the time that this song, which where what, this song peaked at number four. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good for that's this song. That's what I mean, like, I I don't think that there's a world where this isn't a, a hit on like alternative radio, but I definitely think that the music video did a lot of help to get that to number four as the fourth <laughs> most popular song in all of America. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, and and the number one song at that time was Bump and Grind by R. Kelly. So, you know. Oh, damn. And, yeah. Um, the Sign by Ace of Bass was number two. Uh, it was <laughs> this Crash Test Dummy song was above the power of love by Celine Dion, What a Man by Salt and Peppa, 
and gin and juice. <laughs> it was Whoa. above these songs around the time of my 14th birthday. So <laughs> I got to give a lot of props to Crash Test Dummies for pulling that off. Uh, the best-selling single of that entire year was Streets of Philadelphia from Bruce Springsteen. Major bummer of a song. <laughs> and, and the best-selling album was Crazy Sexy Cool from TLC. So that's what was going Damn. on at the time. And uh, that was the musical landscape, basically, was all over the place. You know, you're either bumping and grinding or maybe... Manitoba maybe, Deep. Yeah, or you had that Manitoba <laughs> Deep. Um, do we even, I guess, I guess we're all in, a, in uh, agreement here, right? Is this, this is, this is, this is like Durant, Westbrook and Harden on the rookie contracts thunder. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's that good, man. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I'll go thunder on it. I, I'm not like you guys in that, you know, you guys knew this from the time I only knew this song. I didn't dig any deeper until like last night, but I was like, Pleasantly surprised by the other songs, especially surprised by some of the upbeat songs. You know, yeah. like you, you brought up that one, Tony, the afternoon, Silver Spoons and Afternoons or whatever it's called. Um, and, you know, I was surprised by that. And, and yeah, I would I would give it the thunder seal of approval. Did you I, listen on on Apple Music with lossless audio? Oh, yeah, I did. I don't know. Okay. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. But uh, uh, and the. I mean, the song, I also just remember it being in Dumb and Dumber. Like, they they got onto a couple soundtracks, and they did their thing. It was? I'm pretty sure, I haven't watched Dumb and Dumber for a hot minute, but I'm pretty sure the song plays at a point when, like, Jim Carrey's character's at his lowest. But then That they seems also, like a Mandela effect thing. But they also did, they are on the soundtrack covering uh, The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead by XTC. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, dude. Okay. Thunder's all around for this. Uh, Tony, thanks for being our first ever triple guest. You're Whoa. the first, you're the first guest ever to come on three times. Um, we saw a comment come up asking when the new season of Juggle Ohio is coming out. And, uh, I, this could be I a good catalyst for it. We might have to do a green screen, but we'll figure <laughs> out a way. I think also in, in wrapping up my contribution here, I realize that this is also an impromptu celebration of 20 years of us knowing each other, Chris. Wow. And not to put you on the spot and not to, to do uh, Kanye bound two voice here, but do you remember when we first met? <laughs> I, I, I don't, but I know that the story, I know the story only because you've told where, it to me. Where is actually the most important. We, I think we have remained such good friends because we met at a place called the Teen Madhouse. Yeah, the Teen Madhouse. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> was this when I picked you up? Or no, that, that, was, okay. that was about a year later. I think oh, okay. we probably hung out like two or three more times before you decided to pick me up and say you're going to throw me down on two flights <laughs> of stairs. <laughs> Which it does not sound like something I would ever do, but I, I guess I was... Hey, uh, beer's a hell of a drug, man. I think you're I was on, on one. I was on you're one. You're on some beer. <laughs> uh, and Tony, before we wrap up, I just want to give you a little bit of time in the spotlight to talk about Good Nature, because I do think it is a great podcast that people should check out. Thanks. Yeah. So it's basically a podcast I do um, once, twice a month, pretty much whenever I can get guests to agree to do it, uh, that highlights people, you know, a lot of like creative entertainment 
uh, professionals, actors, even athletes that deal with chronic conditions and disability and, you know, similar adversities and just kind of how they navigate things day to day. And it's actually a little more fun than it sounds. So it's called Good Nature. Wherever you stream audio shows, go check it out. And I'm on the internet if you want to hang out with me there too. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Afayos of the bands Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Punchline's cover of The World Has Turned and Left Me Here off their Songs from 94 EP. Visit punchline.com to get the album and to learn of their future tour dates. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit weknowpodcasting.com for how Chris and I can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on our show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.